When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Yo, what's up? This your man's Hellebuh from Detroit, West Warren. I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. With no effort. With no effort. I could do this with no effort. All right, so we got Hellebuh off the porch with us today. How you feeling today, bro? What's good? I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I'm, I'm happy. I've been wanting to get on here since I've been watching. Like, I'm going to get on the, off the porch to talk my shit. You feel there you me? go. Uh, I appreciate you coming by, man. Like we were just chopping it up. I've been supporting you for a minute, man. So it's it's good to have you on here, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. All right, so what else are you working on here uh, in Atlanta during this trip, man? What do you got planned? Uh, I think I'm going to uh, probably hit up uh, Lil Amigo. And, uh, okay. My cousin, he got an artist. Uh, his name is uh, Zach Sline. Okay. You heard of Zach? Yep, I'm familiar with him. And, uh you know, I'm going to call Doug, see if he around, see if uh, GMO Stacks, you up on Stacks? Yep. We trying I to actually, get him on here, too. I, Stacks been around me since he's been, like, like five years old. Oh, really? But, you know, I know most of the uh, Detroit rappers since they was, like, real youngest. I'm an OG now. Yep. I got a whole grandson and everything. Okay. Uh, well, congrats, man. So what part of Detroit are you from? I'm from the west side. West Warren, like Warner Livernois area, number streets. Uh, a lot of people consider it like Southwest Detroit, but it's not actually like we're from, like Big Meach and Southwest T from. But okay. like most of the city, it's the Southwest part of, of Detroit by McGraw Ave. Shout out to McGraw. Okay. Would you say Detroit has changed much over the years? The actual city part, not the music scene, but the actual uh, city had. The city? Yeah, it, it changed a lot. Like our downtown is getting a, a little bit better. It's it's a lot of more like entrepreneurship going on. It's it's like a lot more outlets. Like not like when I was younger, it wasn't really too much to do but mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so did you start out rapping or were you making beats at first? Definitely started out rapping. Okay. Uh, been rapping since I was like for so long ago. When uh, I told my sister I wanted to rap, she told me when you when you get grown, ain't gonna be no rap. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long I've been rapping. So, boy, ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no rap when you get grown, boy. <laughs> so who were some of the rappers you had looked up to or, or that you were listening to back then when you first started? And made you when I first that? started like Run DMC, LL Cool J. You know, my father took me to see Crush Rule when I was real little, so that had like a uh, 
a big impact on me. But when I found like uh, Too Short, the West Coast rappers like NWA, like that was it for me. <laughs> you were sold on it, huh? You can't tell me them niggas went out there killing and robbing shit on a daily. <laughs> I used to listen to that music like, I have to kill somebody. I got to. <laughs> or Pimp a Ho if you was listening to Too Short. <laughs> for sure. Like a lot of people don't know that uh, Too Short was a producer and he made a lot of his his uh, early music. Mm-hmm. So like Freaky Tales and Dope Fiend beat is like two of my favorite beats ever made. So like the, the bass line, like a lot of people relate like Detroit music to like Oakland music and West yeah. Coast music. I know as far as my part in it, I always looked up to Too Short beats and I always looked up to E-40 and used to listen to Spice One a lot. So that's where my portion of like the the Oakland sound and the Detroit sound, that's where I, I got it from, a lot of my musical influence. And I used to uh, listen to a lot of Eshan. You know what Eshan is, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, stand for uh, Eastside Hoes and Money. He had a, like a, a unique style of beats and he produced all his own beats. So I took a lot from him too. Okay. So how old were you when you first started making beats? And- well, like my, I come from like a, my father's side of the family was like, had like a, a musical background. It was like my mother's side of the family is like real hood, ghetto. Then I go over here on my father's side, they was, my grandparents was educated and they was into like music and stuff. My grandfather was a singer, uncle was a guitar player. Told me my fingers was too little to play the guitar, so I'm like, fuck it. I fuck with this piano. So I started out real early, like learning how to play stuff just by ear. Like any TV show and any song I like, I was just playing that on a little keyboard. My father, he was always in a band. So that, that's kind of like where I, I started at. But when I really got into making beats, I was like, probably like about 16. Okay. And me and my boy was rapping. We had a producer and, you know, that, my nigga Felly, he was kind of whack. So I'm like, fuck it. I know, we, I'm going to make our beats. Just got to going to work on the, on the keyboard. So you started off just strictly on hardware? Yeah. Okay. I was the nigga hauling around an MPC in one arm and a keyboard in one arm and take an hour to track out the beat before you can even <laughs> rap. It was the hardest, man. Y'all don't know that struggle, man. Y'all young producers, man. Y'all got it so fucking easy, man. Real <laughs> now all you need is a fucking laptop and you good to go. Yep. But I was carrying keyboards around, big ass keyboards. So when did you make that transition then over to software? Uh, when it probably was about a good six or seven years ago. Like most of like the the younger producers, they was already on it. I still was die hard on hardware. So when I wanted to get into it, they would try to like sway me away from it. Yeah. So my homeboy Stunt Man, he actually he taught me how to use FL. But I used to then have respect for like people who was making beats on like Fruity Loops and stuff because I thought like the sound was just like generic, but it's really the producer. What whatever you making beats on, you're gonna be yourself on there. So once I got on there and learned it, I was a beast on there, hmm. whooping ass instantly, you yeah. feel me? And making beats quicker. But it also, what FL would 
helped me with was transitioning the beat. Like one part sound like this and the next part sound like this, which led up to beats like first day out. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of like one of my trademarks is like just switching the beat up crazy in the middle of it. Yeah. How would you actually describe your sound? Can you describe it? Uh, I, I call it like basement music sometimes. Just like, just like an underground, not so polished sound, dark. It's like some basement music. The music you hit play on the keyboard and everybody get to ciphering. Did it take you long to develop your sound? I think I've really been developing it all my life, really. Okay. So what role do you feel like you played in creating the Detroit sound that we hear coming today? A lot of people, they credit me with like the whole song, but you know, I could never take credit for just the whole song. I just played like a big part in it and I played a big part in bringing it to the light to everybody else. So uh, I know one role I played in it is not giving up on it. Cause you know me, my cousin, he from, from here, my cousin Martel, and uh, he had moved me down here at one point and I was doing music and I just, it wasn't really going too good because everybody was doing like all of the down south and Atlanta beats and here I'm making these Detroit beats and they up-tempo and like niggas weren't really fucking with it for real. But uh, I just stuck with it. I just stuck with my guns. I remember I used to bring like like the uh, Double Voice Cash Out music. I would bring it to Atlanta and bring uh, Team Eastside music and and play it for people, play it for the DJs, and they'd be like, nah, it's too fast. We like it's cool, but we can't mix it in with our sound. So after a while, it was just like, fuck it, man. If y'all ain't fucking with us, we fucking with ourselves. So that was good enough for me. Yeah. As long as we a fan of our own music. Once Detroit became a fan of its own music, we really been good ever since. Because it was a point where you could get in the car with a female, and they'd be like, uh-uh, hell, don't, don't. Don't try to play none of that local shit, local <laughs> shit here, man. Don't get the fuck out with that shit. We about to listen to some Jeezy or Gucci or whatever else was going on. But once we started being fans of ourselves, when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, "This is ludicrous." But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim. Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. It was it was over with from there. Yeah. So when do you think people started to embrace that sound outside of Detroit then? When they started to embrace it, really, uh, First day I really kicked down the door and like just woke a lot of people up. Like it, it we were slowly getting there. Like the uh, the West Coast is like a, a big market for Detroit music with like Days Love and like just like Oakland and like they rock with us. Milwaukee they rock with us like the Midwest states. But I feel like first day out just like kind of just was like bam here we are. Yeah, and just started setting the light on. A lot of other good artists from the city. Absolutely, yeah. So how did First Take Out come about? Were you even aware of who T Grizzly was? I had heard him uh, on a song called Quick. 
and I liked it as first, and I was like, oh, where this dude at? And it was like, oh, man, he got like 30 years, and forget about him. <laughs> and I never thought about him again. But uh, I was standing in Atlanta, and you know, me and my cousin, we both came to like a agreement, like you need to go back to the city. You know what I'm saying? The, the music scene just, I probably could have adapted to the sound, but that's just not what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm just about to go back to the city, hold it down. You know, I just prayed, was going home with nothing. It was like, you know, I'm going to give it my all. I just need a little, a little assistance. And in between me moving back to uh, Detroit, I hadn't even moved back fully. I had uh, hooked up with T, and we did first day out. So his, uh, his auntie had hit up my people and was like, now, my nephew, he's getting out of jail. He got a lot of uh, songs that he wrote in jail, like good songs. He need beats built around the songs. Can you do that? And I'm like, that's my specialty. You feel me? So she brought him through, and he rapped the uh, first day out for me. He was, like, beating on the table and just rapping it. And at first, I, I didn't let him know how good I thought it was. I was just like, all right, just come holler at me tomorrow. I had a beat done for you. When he walked out the door, he was like, oh, shit, that shit was cold as fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was already a masterpiece to me. So the hard part for me was making a beat that was good enough to go to the song. So like the first part of the song, like the slow part, the mm -hmm. melodic storytelling part, I spent like all day making that. And when it came to the turn up part, I probably made down like five minutes. Did you have any idea what you were sitting on when you finished it? I was like, this hard. He's going to take over in the city. Like, it's, it's, it's hard. So once he, uh, he shot the video, the video was dope. Oh, yeah. You had a dope song, a dope beat, a dope video. So I'm like, yeah, this, this is going to blow up in Detroit. Yeah. So they put the video out, and the next day I wake up and I go on Instagram and my whole timeline is just full of the song. I'm like, is this real? I couldn't even believe it was real. We went to the mall that day, and he was already signing autographs. Oh, wow. <laughs> what was his reaction the first time he heard the beat that you had cooked up for it? He, was, he said it was perfect. He said it was perfect, but he got an off bar in the song where he say, six mile, brick mile. Nine. That bar was off, so he he... Thought about taking it out. He was like, because I guess somebody else probably tried to make the beat for him. He's like, I'm, I'm just going to take that part out. And I'm like, hell no. That's, that's the best part of the song. We're not taking that out. We're going to make it work. Yeah. And you got your tag. That's your son on your tag? Yeah. How long have you had that tag? It's been a while. He probably was like seven or eight when he did it. And he's like 23 now, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> Has that always been your tag too? As soon as you heard that, or nah, when did you I had uh, KDZ for a tag before. I had Stress okay. Money for a tag, and my son, he was like a little kid rapper. He was dope as fuck. So he was just like that was like the intro to a song. Like you can go on YouTube now, and you can hear it. But Stress Money was the one that was like, you know, you should make that your tag. So I would throw it on a beat here and there, and I ended up. My man Onion ended up getting Jeezy on a beat for me, and I didn't have a tag on a beat. And after that, I was like, man, I'm putting a tag on every fucking beat I do. I don't give a fuck if it's a hi-hat. You're going to hear, hell of a made this beat, baby, on everything. 
So after that, I just put it on everything. Next thing you know, it's like every song that came on the radio had the tag on it. Every song you hear in the club got the tag on it back to back to back. So a lot of times they, I tell people like, they be like, you the, you the coldest. I be like, nah, I ain't the coldest. I just got the coldest tag. <laughs> what did your son think of the tag now? Man, he's so nonchalant. He don't, <laughs> you don't even think nothing of it. You can't get a rise out of him for nothing. <laughs> even though he's all over the radio. <laughs> he's too, he too laid back, too nonchalant. So uh, did you ever expect First Day Out to be, like, like you said, the song that kind of opened the doors for Detroit street rap? Hell no, I never thought it would get that big. It was just like it was it was crazy. It was that it was just crazy for the city just to see like industry artists like embracing a, a, a artist. Like I had never seen that for the city. Like I had pretty much given up, like shit, we listen to ourselves, so fuck it. I I've come from an era of like seeing so many good rappers and nobody getting on. Like I be telling the young dudes not like I see these niggas, they making money, you feel me? These niggas who I watched grow up, they making money off rap in Detroit. Like, my generation, we did not make money off of rap. We just spent our fucking money on it. We just did it because we loved doing it. Yeah. We spent our money, and they making money now, like a lot of money. I mean, like, Rio, the young OG, recorded my studio piece, you know, and I just see all this jury of money just... I see them making hundreds of thousands in the studio in a couple of days. They just be making it like off features and mm-hmm. videos and shit. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. How do you feel when other producers make hell of a type beats? That shit used to get on my fucking nerves. <laughs> but after a while, I take it as a compliment. It's like so many people was doing it. It's like, I hear a beat, I think I made it. That's how <laughs> close it would be to my shit. But uh, shout out to like, like Energy. Like he created like a whole new sound of like, like the, a Detroit sound where he actually from Flint, but he created a new sound. So if you got a pack of beats and you playing some beats for somebody, they're gonna wanna hear one of them type of beats in there. That's just what it is. You gotta, you gotta make that. Yeah. <laughs> or they ain't gonna be fucking with you, you feel me? It's, you got to go with the wave, but to create a wave is a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, because you come from an era where if people were copying your sound or biting you, it was frowned upon. It was like, yeah, man, yeah. what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> but now it's like the norm. You can now, go on YouTube and type I'll tell you what I don't like. It's like when a Detroit rapper be going outside of Detroit producers to just get the sound. I'd be like, man, you could have used somebody from the city for that, but... Fuck it, it's just like respect from all over the world. Like you, you just gotta take it as respect and keep moving and create a whole nother wave. Yeah. Like I be seeing like some of my homies, they be getting beats from overseas, Detroit beats. For like, real. What the fuck, this shit is crazy as hell. Should be hard too. <laughs> Can't hate. They've been studying you, man. Man. Um, how'd you link up with Yo Gotti, man? I know he was one of some of the bigger, bigger artists that you had worked with back in the day. My man Anya, he used to be doing a lot of moving around and shit. And uh, I first met Yo Gotti, I was uh, paying for a verse. Really? Yeah, so he rapped on one of my songs and we kind of just like, kind of stayed in tune with each other. So I believe he already had his eye on 42 Doug 
So when he came to the city like a couple years ago, he hit me up and I pulled up on him. He's like, who's hot around here? And you know, I played, uh, I played good for him. Oh, really? I played a lot of, uh, a few people for him, but like Doug was like the main person. I'm like, this dude, he got it. Yeah. It was just something about something about him. I, I we we instantly like click. Ever thought about being like an A and R then? An A and R? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like moving into that role like right now. Okay. It's, it's like labels like they they kind of like trust me now because I tell them like you know this dude right here he hot and. Every time they go, even if they jump on it or not, they be like, man, I should have listened to you. Yeah. So now they really, they be listening. Yeah, how important has it been to keep your ear to the street like that? Because even though uh, you've had so much success, you're still tapped in. It, it's super important because as like a, uh, as a producer, I've been through like every like age of music. Like, like I just keep evolving because I, I never write off a sound or I never write off the, the young dudes what they doing. Like most of the producers my age, they'd be hearing shit like, man, this shit weak. This shit this shit terrible. Instead of me doing that, I'd rather listen to it and try to figure out why people like it. And then once you do that and you become a fan of it, you can do it. Yeah. Like uh I like to like get to know an artist. Once I get to know you and care about your your struggles and everything and and you as a person, the music comes out better. Like if I'm just sending you beats, you know, that 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 might not work out sometime. But if we sit down, we kick it, we hang out, we laugh, we talk, and I get to know you, the music gonna come out better. And you know, you, you keep it like music wise too, because you know, you hear a lot about these rappers who be beefing with each other, and it seems uh, man, like be, you can work with both of them and not have any problems. Oh yeah, I, I got a pass. The, far as that because like uh, they a lot of them they just look at me as like big bro like you know what I'm saying but it break my heart when they get, be getting into it with each other but one thing they know about me like they know if anybody who I'm working with if you with me I'm not gonna let nothing happen to you like I'll lay my life on the line before I let anything happen to anybody who's working with me or around me or anybody like you know one week I might be out of town working with Sada and next week I might be working with T or working with Doug. Like I, I fuck with it with everybody. Yeah. I got love for everybody. Just Detroit period. I just like to see them moving along. As long as we all moving, y'all don't get along. Let's let's just get this money. Mm-hmm. That's real right there. What's it like working in the studio with Sada? Is he as turned up as he is in these videos? Sada is uh, he's more serious. Like in his videos, he be turned up, he be having fun. But like in the studio, he's not for no games at all. He don't, he ain't not playing. He get like more work than I, I seen. Like he would go in there with no material, no beats or nothing, and leave with like ten songs, and like, and they be good. Like you know, you don't hardly see artists do that. So he's serious when he get in there. He wants you to. I, I can't even engineer him. I ain't quick enough no more. I'll be like, nah. <laughs> For real? He was trying to get me to engineer him in L.A. one time. I'm like, nah, I don't. <laughs> you going to beat up on one of these other engineers. <laughs> you ain't about to be yelling at me, telling me, hurry up, do this, do that. Like, nah. How did your placement with Megan come about? 
Megan was like a a fan of, of like the the beats. Like she like she like T Grizzly type Detroit beats. So like one of her first biggest songs is like off of one of my beats. It's a remake of No Effort. Okay. The uh, Freak Nasty. That's okay. No Effort beat. So once she got on, she was like. Uh, Telling her NR, which is my my boy Salim at 300, she like I need some beats from him. So, you know, people ask for beats from people all the time. Like they might have some artists, they might not even be really fucking with them like that. They be like, get this artist some beats. So he's like, yo, I got this girl. She wants, she likes your beats. Send me some beats. I sent her a pack of like some bullshit, like a, <laughs> like a throwaway pack, right? So. uh he called me back. He was like, man, she said this ain't your good shit. <laughs> she <laughs> knew. <laughs> so ever since then, I was like, I like her a lot, period. Because she kept it 100. She's like, nah, send me the good shit. He ain't sending me the good shit. Yeah. So she just, she fucks with me. Do you prefer to send out beats or actually be in the studio? Definitely be in the studio because, like, I'm, I'm, I work better on spot. Like, if I'm going to be in a studio with an artist, it's not like I'm going there with a bunch of beats I already got. Like, I might get to the city and make them all in a hotel room that day. Oh, yeah. Pop up to the studio with them. But now, like, I, I be working with, like, different producers now, so I just call them up and be like, let me get this, let me get that, and just work it like that. Yeah. You still doing a lot of sampling? Uh, still, sometimes, here and there. Probably more so. I done okay. got a little lazy. <laughs> I used to have to play everything. Like, I hear some shit, I'd be like, man, let me play it. And I'd replay all the instruments, and it sounds just like it or better than it or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm so experienced, I can find a quick way to do shit. Like, you got to go with the wave. Like, sampling is like the wave now. Like, yeah. But sometimes I break down and play some shit just to show niggas that I, I can still do it. Yeah, I fucked with that Doughboy's uh, Chances Make Champions. Got Man, that I went in on that bitch. You, you feel me? You killed that Rocky. I had that bitch switching that up. Shit. I, I yeah. went in on that motherfucker. That shit was so Yeah, hard. Payroll had told me he was like, uh, I tried to sample Rocky beat. I couldn't really get it. Can you do it for us? And I put that motherfucker together. <laughs> I put blood, sweat, and tears in that beat. Now that shit was hard. You still doing the boot beat camps? Now, I haven't did them in a, in a while. I, uh, the studio that I used to have, United Sounds, it was like a giant studio. I used to basically live in there, so I, I was always there. So now I'm not actually in the studio that much, and I don't really engineer no more. So if somebody want to beat, they might just go to the studio. I never come there. I just send it to them. Or, or I pull up sometimes if it's people who I really fuck with. But I miss the old building, so... Now I'm working towards like getting a, a building and possibly like doing like a a, a school on a bigger level, like a okay. real school instead of like a, a beat boot camp. Okay. That'd I want to get like college students and all type of, you know, just, I just like to give back in that way. Yeah. That'd be dope right there. Who are some of the producers you've been working with lately? Well, you know, Ant Beats, that's like, that's my twin tower right there. We always doing our thing. Then I got a produ producer named Wayne. He from, uh, where Wayne from? Uh, what's some of the cities around? 
<laughs> Grand Rapids. Okay. So he kind of like got the, the Flint sound down pack and just like a newer age of, of sounds. I got him. I got Primo Beats. He go crazy. The, the white boy. Okay. So Primo Hard. And then I got Stuntman Beats. Stuntman actually worked on uh, one of the Megan songs with me. So one of my things now is just like trying to be in a position to, to give back more and try to figure out how to get other people more successful and how to get other people money. Mm-hmm. Salute to you for that, man. What about artist-wise? Who have you been cooking up? Can you reveal anyone? I got a... Uh, I'm, I'm, this is like everybody in the city. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What about outside the city, though? Well, I got a, I work with a lot of artists outside the city now, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's a few people in the, in the uh, city, like, you know, GMO Stacks, you know, he he under uh, Shiesty Wing right now. The big homie, uh, since doing that guap, I've been working with my nigga Gotti. So, you know, I'm, I'm moving. Okay. What's it like working with Dogface, man? Dog is, uh, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a, a, a different uh, opinion about who Dogface is, you know. He might, he's going to cuss people out, scare people, all that type of shit. But, you know, I'll be like, when I'm with him, he's intelligent, articulate, knows how to get money, knows how to treat people, got friends all outside the city, knows, just knows how to, how to move around. He put this together for me, like. You know, me, I sit around and I, I don't, I'm not good at like reaching out and doing like social media and all that type of stuff. So sometimes somebody have to step in and say, and, and just do it for me. Yeah. Get it done. I got you. What has being a father taught you about life? Being a father, it teach you patience for sure. So just like me raising my kids, I always, and just in life in general, things that I experienced when I was younger, I just try to make it better for, for them. Like, cause I, I had a rough childhood. I, I got in a lot of trouble. I was selling drugs, robbing, getting shot, shooting at people all the time. It was, it was just like, it, it was rough coming up. I used to be suicidal. So my kids, they saved me. Because if it weren't for them, I would for sure probably be dead or in prison. Because their mother, she was like, she was addicted to like prescription drugs. And she was like the first person I knew that was like strung out on pills, like to the point where like we always thought like crack and heroin is bad. But she's the first person that I seen like just regular prescription pills could just be just as bad as any of those things. Then she ended up going to jail for like, like seven or eight years. So I always had the kids by myself, like me and my family. So it was kind of like being on quarantine before quarantine. I was, I'm stuck in the house with these kids and uh, I ain't had nothing to do but make beats, play the video game. And I wasn't gonna risk being taken away from them because they wouldn't have nobody. So they saved me. Like if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing the music right now. What's next for you? What else are you working on, Helen? Well, I'm like, I'm, 
like I, I was saying, like the labels trust me. So now when somebody get hot and I'm feeling that music, I can basically like walk them in somewhere. I'm doing a lot of work with uh with Empire. Okay. You know, shout out to, to Empire for like showing a lot of people how to get money like independently. You know, Gazi, he showed a lot of people the ropes, just how to get money. So it's like everything's moving at once. You got artists that sign the majors, then you got independent artists that get money that they not pressed to get signed to a label. I'm working with uh, like Say La Vie in Florida. Me and my uh, me and my man RJ, we just put out a song that's doing good. I think it's only been out like a couple of weeks and got like a couple hundred thousand views. A song called Op Pack. I can check that out. So, moving. Got my hands in other places, just doing other things. Yeah. Any last words? Any shout outs before we wrap it up? Man, shout out to the whole city of Detroit. Um, I'm proud of y'all. I just like seeing y'all get money, sticking together, sticking, staying true to our sound. It's like a dream come true to me. I don't want to get into the shout out thing because I always forget somebody and then I be getting these phone calls and shit like, bro, you, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to get into that. I just shout out to the, uh, to the whole city. With no effort. With no effort. I could do this shit with no effort. You know I do this shit with no effort. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.